Welcome to Death Holler. Do you like scary movies? Welcome to Season 3. Slash or pass. There will be laughter. <laughs> tears. <laughs> tender moments. Jeez. Jeez. My special, special boy. But most of all, screams. <laughs> Remember, when you're in Death Holler, listener discretion is always advised. We hope you have a killer time. It's out there. It's it's making the rounds. The Exorcist Believer trailer. We got to discuss it. What's what? What what do you think about this? You're the one that 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 gets creeped out more about demonic films with your background. Uh, I want to hear your take on it, Reverend. It didn't. It doesn't look like I want to see this movie. Not because it's going to scare me either. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's where I'm at with it. I, I, am I still going to watch it? Yes, I'm going to watch the movie. I. I'm not sure if I'm going to see it in theaters. It depends on the children. I think they're going to want to see it in theaters, so I'm probably going to have to take them. Uh, but I was watching. I was like, "This, this doesn't, this doesn't look amazing." It, it, it was. It played before the Oppenheimer movie, mm-hmm. and me and my wife were watching it, and we looked at each other and we laughed. That's our oh! reaction to it. I mean. When it got to the part in the trailer, and, and I man, this gets, uh, you know, there's all those people that made the comment about Halloween kills, uh, you know, rightfully <laughs> so. I, I'll agree with them on this, about evil dies tonight, evil dies tonight. Dead they before dawn. Same, yeah, dead before dawn. Uh, they did the same thing in this, the blood in the body, the blood in the body, the oh blood God. in the body. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and those kids, I made this comment because uh, uh, somebody I work with, uh, Emilia, she she showed me um, she showed me the the posters for the movie and had the two girls on yeah. there, and and they got and they got the super out there, uh, you know, Reagan look to them, you know, like yes. their their faces all distorted. And I looked at them and, and the first and I and I said what I thought. I was like, that looks like a couple of kids from Eastern Kentucky that's been on too much Mountain Dew. <gasps> Hopped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> anarchy anarchy i don't know what i'm saying you shut your mouth old man (laughs) um i'm looking at uh images on google and okay like okay but is this racist that they have a young girl of color and a white girl, and they are both mm-hmm. the the uh, the two possessed children. And they look the same in the poster. They look exactly the same. My wife actually said uh, the two twins, and I was like, "Honey, they're not twins." They ain't twins. Is, 
Yeah, they they a sister with from another mister or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Somebody's you know? daddy's got some splaining to do, or someone's mama's got some splaining to do. But they did. I mean, to, to my wife's credit, they made those characters, those actresses, look exactly the same in that makeup. Yeah, and it's got and it's got like that terrible thing that sequels do sometimes, where if a little bit in the first movie was good, let's just double up yeah. on it. So they had one. They had one Reagan in the first movie. Hell, let's have two let's in have the two. in the remake. Is that supposed to make it scarier? Or the sequel, I guess. Yeah, because there's two of them now. And somebody else pointed this out. I think it was on the uh, Unita podcast um, on YouTube. One of the guys on there, uh, I believe his name's Nick, he was talking about, and this is true. He said the, the scary thing about the first movie, if you're a real big fan of it, is the fact that Reagan is up in that room but at any moment in time, you never know if the demon is, it will stay in that room. Like oh, yeah. It, you know, like you keep, like in this movie, they've already showed it. They're out, like they're supposed to be in a hospital, but they're out in a church. They're going to be roaming the streets. Like there's something less scary about that because you've already broke the tension of whether, yeah. you know, the demon's going to. So I don't, there, nobody I know of is, is, is happy with this trailer. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's it's across the board. Like if you were a big fan of the first movie, this kind of shits upon that. If you were ne- if like me, you think the first movie's well made technically, but it never really scared you. Like this didn't sell me at all in the movie. Like this new <laughs> one. Like I was just like, oh, they have Ellen Burstyn back. Woo! You know, like. <laughs> well, let me tell you something about the first movie, and this says something about me. I am notoriously not the. Maybe it might be people might judge me for having letting my introducing my kids to horrors so early, and this is where I'll give myself some credit. My kids were thirteen and fifteen before they saw The Exorcist. There is some stuff in there kids should not be introduced to. I guarantee you, they're not going to have this oh, in this film. Oh yes, that, yes. There was very much a scene that yes. should not be introduced to children. Absolutely. Um. So, is thirteen and fifteen still a little young? Maybe. Uh. But I would say. They weren't six and seven. They didn't catch it on TV in the middle of the night when they were freaking, you know, 10 years old. Uh, The first time they ever saw it was at age 13 and 15. I'm going to give myself some credit for that. I would probably drop my kids off at the theater to watch this. I can guarantee you they're not going to see anything like that that I have to worry. Well, unless they pull like a uh, bait and switch. But Mm -hmm. here's the thing. They there's rumors about this movie that's came out uh, that they did some early test screens of it and everybody who watched the test screens panned it severely and said they need to go back to the, and do reshoots. Yeah. I think they have, so they might have fixed some things. But that doesn't start out on a good a good note. Whenever your your movie is universally just panned, yeah, by you know like the the viewers. And the fact that the trailer is not much better doesn't really instill much confidence either. Yeah. Um, I was, color me surprised when I saw that trailer. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Scrolling again. Like, all right, no big deal. And I don't know how I saw it, to be honest with you. I don't know if I saw it. Maybe I saw it on TikTok or something. Or I, I was not phased. I was able to sleep just fine that night. So. <laughs> But I, I wanted to get your opinion on it because I, I was like, if anybody's going to have, you know, kind of a reaction to this. Oh, it's going to be me. It's going to be you. I mean, because, like, that's your thing. But, like, I saw it and I was just like, I don't, I mean, I don't think I'm going to watch in the theater. I'm going to wait and, you know, maybe, you know, rent it off, like, Amazon or something yeah. later down the line or whatever. But, uh, 
my feeling is that maybe even Peacock might have it, like, <laughs> you know, like a month or so after it's like aired or some or out in the theater. Which, by the way, um, anybody listening, if you have Xfinity, uh, you can get the Peacock for free right now. Peacock Premium. So uh, <laughs> go check that out under your uh, Xfinity rewards. And Xfinity, if you're looking to sponsor a podcast, we are looking for sponsors. <laughs> we are number 193 on the Apple charts in America. Woo! Oh, wow. We made it to America, everyone. We'll probably be booted off by next week. But you know what? For a time in our lives with absolutely... I can't say no money put in this podcast, but no money towards advertising whatsoever. Oh, no. We don't even talk about this. We're ashamed of ourselves. Um, well, I don't do it because I, it might possibly, co- you know, get me into some trouble at yes, work. But you 100%. Know, thing. Yes, I understand that. Me, I, Actually, my boss is listening to this. Hey, Tara. <laughs> hey, boo. Uh, yeah, so... Um, with no money put into advertising, somehow we weaseled our way into the film reviews in America. So thank you to uh, the, the, the 14 people that are listening now. 15. Yeah. If we had a really good soundboard or if we knew how to use one, we would like be playing like applause or something right now. Look at it. works. Oh, my God. I have a button. Wow. We do have a soundboard. I just have to put more buttons on it. Um. I did see a few different movies. I'm only going to like go through them briefly. Uh, there's one that was, uh, it's one of those movies that everybody talked about. Like through, that was released through vinegar syndrome. Vinegar syndrome releases really shitty movies, but they put them in really cool packaging. So they convince all of us like, you know, idiots to like, uh, and then we're like, why do we buy this movie? Uh, these are both like from that line. Um, Shriek of the Mutilated is like this really bad 1970s um, Sasquatch movie. Uh, I was actually kind of having fun with it at the beginning. Uh, even, I mean, there's a really terrible costume for the Sasquatch, uh, but the way that they filmed some of the scenes like harken back to like old Universal movies. And I was like, I'm here for this. I'm kind of digging it. Middle of the movie, drug like nobody's business. I'm like, okay, you killed all my interest in it. And then the the twist at the end of it rolled around, and I was like, and I and I saw it as soon as it came in, and I'm like, not a bad twist, but you ruined it by the the dead middle of the movie. Uh, basically, the reason that Sasquatch is so shitty in the movie is because it's a guy in a suit, literally, and uh, basically this worldwide uh, like elite group of cannibals uh, goes about uh, and like you know brings these people like in with these cockamamie stories in like these secluded locations, hunts them down and then feast upon their body. And yeah. it just so happens that the, the, the group that, that we're following, uh, is, is on the hunt for, uh, you know, a Sasquatch and that's their thing that they always do their little excursion they do. And at the end of it, they, uh, they eat everybody that they kill. And then at the end of it, when they're having this big celebration, they, they leave one of the survivors alive, so that they can be the one to spread the story of the Sasquatch to the next group to get them to come on the little excursion. It's like, if you don't do this, you're going to be eat too. So it's like <laughs> you, you have the choice, you know. There's um, always room for one more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> go, watch our, yeah go watch our view on the, the you know, the Haunted Mansion. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so... 
I don't know. The ending was was kind of fun. It, it has this terrible thing in it, though. This is a 1970s thing, if I ever saw it. There is a Native American character in quotation marks in this movie. Oh, God. Horribly racist. Horrible. Like, the guy speaks in, like, broken English. Oh, great. He looks, he, he, he looks like a mongoloid. And uh, he's the one doing the, the all the cooking. So he's the, you know, the chef of the cannibals, as it were. Uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I don't recommend the movie. Just saying, but it it was it was fun for like a few minutes. Uh, the severed arm is actually pretty decent. It's the concept's kind of cool. Uh, it's just it was made on cheap budget. It's like these group of guys go like splunking for like you know shits and giggles. That's you know just Caucasian things as it were. You know I don't think you know anybody else really does that as much as you know white people do. But throwing out there. Yeah. Uh, anyways, they get trapped in a mine. And they get, they're down there for several weeks. This beginning of the movie, by the way. And uh, uh, they get to the point where they realize that nobody's going to come after them or they think that. So uh, they draw straws to see who's going to be the one that gets their arm cut off so that they can, like, at least have something to eat. And um, this one guy pleads with them because he draws the short straw not to do it, that uh, there has to, that, that somebody's coming. He knows it. Just, you know, hold off. And uh, they knock him out, and then they... Uh, uh, cut his arm off and right after they get through suturing his arm back up because uh, there's a doctor in the group oh okay they get rescued so he lost his arm for nothing oh shit so now each one of the members of that group is getting hunted down and their arm cut off and they think that it's the crazy guy that they cut his arm off yeah for good reason i mean you know if anybody's going to do it it's gonna be that guy and uh, the end of the movie has a pretty dark twist to it. Uh, I'm not going to reveal it because it's actually worth watching for that. But uh, it's it's a decent movie. It's just it needed a better budget. If there's any movie that could probably redone and done done with a higher budget now, like you know the remake craze that they go through, I've always said remake you know movies that were semi okay but just needed like better budgets. This would be one of them to do because they could revamp the story a little bit, make it a little bit more updated, and it would actually be pretty good, I think. Maybe if we get funded, we can do it. <laughs> we can there you go. write it, direct it, and star in it. Well, we could have our own series of movies, Death Holler Presents, yes. The Severed Arm. There we go. <laughs> the better and Severed Arm. The, the better Severed Arm. Uh, and then finally, I, I finally got around to watching 976 Evil, the uh, oh, Robert England-directed movie. I finally, I finally watched it. I've never seen it. Uh, it's cheesy, but it's fun. I'll put it that way. Um, it's the, and, and the funny thing is, it fits into this episode because the guy who did the, uh, the, the makeup effects, Kevin Yeager, is the guy who built Chucky the original Chucky in Child's Play 1. Uh -uh. He was actually working on Child's Play 1 when he helped Robert make this movie. Shut up. There's no way. When did 976 Evil come out versus Child's the Play? Sa the same year. It was like 1988. I don't fucking believe you. <laughs> I watched the special features. The guy said it. He said he would leave the set of Chucky and come over and supervise for Robert because Robert was his good friend. Because he was also the one that applied the makeup to Robert in the, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Uh-uh. <laughs> you got me all fucked up. So, 976 Evil was made at the exact same time as Child's Play 1. Shut up. 
I refuse to believe you. I feel like I was at Blockbuster seeing 976 Evil a lot longer than I saw before, prior than seeing Chucky. Uh, If you look it up later, I'm telling you the truth. What is it called when you're having that fucking... Mandela effect? Yes. Uh, did did you watch Shazam at the same time that you were watching all of this with no. Sinbad as the? <laughs> I don't. Oh. This podcast is over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm like, you, I'm seriously. You got me fucked up right now. I'm like, are you serious right now? Okay, I'm googling it because I seriously don't believe you. Well, how about you let these people in while you're Googling, and then we can uh, start the show up. I'll let them in. Chucky, wanna play? <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Death Holler. I am your host, the Reverend Dr. Death, and inhabiting a creepy-ass doll in the corner is the spirit of my co-host, La Urena. Resorted to possessing dolls to steal children's souls, huh, Urena? Really? No, it just keeps following me around. <laughs> I googled it. Nine seven six evil and child's play. Same year. Okay. Same same year made at the same exact time. Uh, Crazy. Uh, oh my god! I can't wait to tell my hubby. He's probably gonna be like, "Yeah, I thought you knew." Shut up! No, the fuck I didn't. You didn't know either. You're a liar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the evil doll is a time honored trope in horror movies dating back to at least 1945 with the anthology movie Dead of Night and its creepy ventriloquist dummy, Hugo. Since that debut, evil dolls have featured in both TV and film the Zulu doll and Trilogy of Terror, the ventriloquist dummies and Goosebumps, and the movie Magic, Annabelle, the Puppet Master films, even the recent movie Megan. However, one evil doll reigns supreme in this subgenre, and it's one of the big hitters in the slasher genre as well. Chucky, a.k.a. Charles Lee Ray, a.k.a. the Lakeshore Strangler. <laughs> the sadistic, foul-mouthed little bastard that will do anything to get back to, to a living body. In this episode, we will look back at the first three films to feature the diminutive killer, the Child's Play Trilogy. So grab your favorite bowl of sugary cereal, Fall back in your favorite beanbag chair and join us for our coverage of Child's Play 1, 2, and 3. First up, though, if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd appreciate it if you could take the time to like, comment, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. It helps us get more visibility on podcast listings and helps us grow. Also, consider following us on social media. You can find us on TikTok and Twitter under Death Holler Pod. And we can be found on Instagram and Facebook under Death Holler Podcast. We appreciate everyone who listens. And hope you enjoy the show. Attack some bees. What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the bees. Not the bees. Ah! I'm my eyes. 
I was actually screaming, not my eyes this time. I was oh. surprised. This was actually fun. Uh, <laughs> Dolly Dearest from 1991. Taglines. She walks. She talks. She kills. I think I remember this. I think I've seen this. <laughs> Uh, another this is another tagline. This is where the fairy tale ends and the nightmare begins. Oh, good God! Uh, it's time to play. Dot dot dot. A doll with a bad attitude. Jesus Christ! <laughs> she has a life of her own. We, now she wants yours. We get it, Jesus. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, directed by Maria Lease, uh, written by Maria Lease, Rod Nave, and Peter Sutcliffe, who made the story, and then Maria Lease did the screenplay. Music by Mark Snow. Principal players, we have Ed Gale, play, uh, who is the dolly in this, the possessed doll slasher. A um, little funny thing about this, Ed Gale was in another little movie. You care to guess what movie that was with the uh, evil doll? Child's Play. Child's Play 1. Wow. <laughs> Uh, he played the doll in that and in Dolly Dearest. Um, he was also Howard the Duck in that original movie. Uh, he was in Spaceballs, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I'm sure he played Station in that. Uh, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? He must play the little guy that was, like, you know, doing the, the sweeping stuff in that. Uh, the Polar Express, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, one episode. Uh, Phantasm 2 and uh, Child's Play, as I said. Uh, we have Rip Torn playing Carl Resnick in this, the professor and expert on the Sonsies. Um, it's you know who Rip Torn is, right? Uh, yes. Dodgeball yes. played. Uh, okay, imagine him playing a Mexican because he does in this movie. <laughs> he plays a Mexican. Okay. Come and on. he has, and he tries to do a Spanish accent. Oh no! And and it. It comes and goes like it's there sometimes and then it's gone. Like, you know, uh, he um, could fake a Mexican for sure. <laughs> uh, of course, he was in Men in Black one and two, uh, Beastmaster, Dodgeball, uh, Hercules. Uh, he did the voice for uh, Zeus, I believe, in the 1997 Disney film. Uh, he was the dad and Freddie got fingered. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the TV series Ghost Stories, uh, Robocop 3, and the Canadian Bacon. Canadian bacon. I love, I love Rip Torn. He's like one of those character actors that when he comes in a movie, he just brightens it up. I mean, if it wasn't for Patches O'Houlihan, nobody would remember Dodgeball at all. Yeah, that's true. Patches. <laughs> uh, we have Denise Crosby playing Marilyn Wade. She's the mother of the family. You might remember her from a, a little uh, family film called Pet Cemetery from 1989. Oh, that's a good family classic. Yeah, she played the mom in that movie, the mm -hmm. one that had her, like, eye tore out at the end. Yes, whenever she, you know, she was yeah. hot in that film. Uh, she was in the movie Itsy Bitsy, The Watcher, Dark Intentions, and Mortuary. We have Sam Bottoms, hell of a name, last Sand name. Sand Bottoms? As Sam in, Bottoms. Like, Sandy Sam. Cheeks? <laughs> well, it's Sam, S-A-M. Oh, Sam. Sure. I mean, he, yeah, he probably got called Sandy Bottoms before oh my Sandy God. Cheeks. He plays Elliot Wade. He's the father of the family, and he's the ultimate white guy. And when I say that, like, this guy can't act. Like, they t like th there's scenes in the movie where they tell him it's like, uh, um, uh, we're going to, there, there's some demonic stuff that happened in this, like, uh, you know, crypt over here that's right next to your factory. And he looks at him, and he's like, that's neat. 
I mean, that's literally what he says to him. And in that, that inflective voice, he has two modes in this movie. He said, and, and it's actually fun. It's like one of those mystery science theater through thousand parts of the movie. He play or he play, he, he either plays that's neat. And he's like even killed or he slightly raises his voice. And he's like, don't you dare do that to me, Linda or what, you know, that sort of character. Oh my like, God. He, he's a white guy. That's all I can say. Um, he was news out- flash, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash, buddy. Uh, get the mayonnaise. Um, <laughs> he was in the Outlaw Josie Wells, Apocalypse Now, Sea Biscuit, and The Last Picture Show. <clears throat> we have Chris Demetrial playing Jimmy Wade. He's a nerdy, adventurous little brother in the movie. Uh, well, he's the older brother, but he's a little kid. Um, he was in the movie, uh, the TV series Dream On. And in the movie, sometimes they come back. That's a pretty Ooh, good one. I can't wait to review that one. What season is that? Zombie season? Nay, nay. Uh, that or if we include it in Stephen King season. Oh, Stephen King season. Okay. We we know there's enough to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. No, Stephen King season for sure. Uh, Candace Hudson plays Jessica Wade. She's the the child that is targeted by Dolly Dearest in the movie. She's the precocious little blonde girl in the film. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing that she ever did was she did the otherwise was the Land Before Time series. She Aww. played Sarah's voice. Oh. Sarah was a bitch. <laughs> kind of was. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, I'm trying to remember which one that did the voice for one of those characters died at like, a, you know, shortly after making that movie. I, I want to say it was the one that did Ducky's voice, right? I there, don't know. Hold on. I I'm think looking. one, I think one of them did the voice died shortly after. I don't, hopefully it wasn't Candace, but I could be wrong. It wasn't. I don't, I don't think so. Cause she was in like a few of the films. It wasn't Kenneth Mars that played grandpa long. Was it? I mean, he died in the film, like, cause he was the old dinosaur. No, it was one, it was one of the character main characters of the film. I want to say it was Ducky that the voice actress or voice actor. I think it was a, a woman that played part of Ducky, but I'm checking to see who played Ducky in the second film. No, it was the same girl. Um, and then the great adventure Valley. I don't know, Reverend. I don't think it was ducky. Okay. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to Google that later whenever we're doing some other stuff. Oh, Um, wait, I wasn't looking at the 1988 one. So maybe ducky. Yeah, it was ducky because the little girl that played ducky in the first one was not in the second, third or fourth. So I think, yeah, I'm sorry. I wasn't looking at the oldest film. Yeah, I was I was thinking that's who it was. I was Jesus like, Christ. Uh, yeah, uh, kind of a sad story, but that's for another time. That that was a if you want to talk about movies that um, absolutely destroyed our generation, uh, the Land Before Time. Oh, was one of those movies. yeah, you will be fucked up, dude. Like watching Littlefoot's mom die. I mean that that's a defining moment for most kids of our generation. <gasps> Her dad shot and killed her and the mom? Yeah, it was oh. bad, yes. Yes, it was a bad story. Oh, shit. Okay, well, that's worthy of death holler. Uh, Brass Adams plays Bob Larabe. He's the archaeologist at the beginning of the movie that gets his ass handed to him by the the Antichrist, I guess is what it is. Uh, Lupe Ontiveros plays Camilla, the housekeeper for the Wade family. And I didn't realize this. Remember when I was talking about uh, Candyman Day of the Dead and Abuela in that movie? Mm-hmm. She was a she was an actress in other movies. That's she played oh. Camilla in this movie. Okay. It was the same woman. As soon as I saw her, I'm like, wait a minute, that's the one lady we just saw in Candyman. Wow. Um, 
she was also in Born in East L.A., Cheech and Chong's next movie, uh, like I said, Candyman Day of the Dead, As Good As It Gets, and Selena. She basically played the stand-in, standard Mexican housekeeper and a lot of stuff, just saying. Yee. Uh, Will Gote plays, uh, oh, that's probably not how he pronounces it, Louise, the employee at the doll factory, and has a weird attraction to dolls. Like, he... He deserves dying in the movie because, like, he sees Dolly Dearest, which looks like a little girl, mind yeah. you, uh, kind of like an uh, uncanny valley little girl. Yeah. Um, and he looks at it and he sa- and he's like, "Ooh, you're pretty," and like he says it in a way it's like, "Oh God, dude, like you're you're a pedo." Like, okay. Yeah. Um, he was in Bloody Wednesday and then uh, Stand and Deliver. So synopsis okay. for this movie. Looking to strike it rich, Elliot Wade has bought a doll manufacturing facility in Mexico and is bringing his family along for the ride. Unfortunately for all of them, ancient mine ruins housing Satan on Earth are located literally next door. Uh, A dumbass from the local university has unleashed an evil spirit, and that spirit has manifested itself in the bodies of all of the dolls in the rundown factory. So there's not just one doll in Dolly Dearest. It's all the dolls are, are evil in this one. There's like five or six of them. <clears throat> One of the dolls will even try to claim the body and soul of the Wade youngest child. The mother from Pet Cemetery has to deal with another evil child. Uh, Elliot <laughs> Wade gives no fucks about anything, and Rip Torn plays a Mexican and doesn't even attempt to nail the accent. <laughs> to Dolly, slaughtering adults is child's play, and that's actually a tagline they use for this movie. They Rip Torn that from the previous film. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. It was unofficially known. This is, I've got this in the trivia. It was unofficially uh, referred to during like production as Child's Play 4, I believe. Really? Ill. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's got some links to Child's Play. Okay. Uh, body count in this movie is uh, four or possibly eight plus we'll get to the reason why in a second we have bob larabe who's crushed under a stone door to, to the tomb by the evil sanzian spirit as it escapes from its uh, earthly body um camilla is electrocuted in water well in the basement by dolly uh louise has his hand sewn and then stabbed by a sewing machine i remember that uh, scene but 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 then he dies of a heart <laughs> attack because he sees all these dollies around him oh uh uh, the, the first dolly that's been trying to possess little uh, little girl uh, gets destroyed by a shotgun blast from her older brother. Uh, and he has a pretty good line in the movie, too, whenever he does it. It's like, uh, you know, eat this bitch or something <laughs> like that. It's one of those type lines. And then the dollies, that's where I get the eight plus, you know, from. Uh, they get blown up inside the doll factory by the Wade family and Resnick at the end of the movie. That's how yeah. they get rid of them is just blow them up. So, trivia, this is the movie that, uh, this is weird. Uh, there was, apparently, there was a story in 1994 about this 12-year-old girl named Katie Romanek uh, who was abducted, and this just happened to be the movie she was watching when she was abducted. Like, I don't know why this was a thing that anybody knows, but that's what that was, like, information that got out there whenever they were, like, you know, revealing, you know, the, yeah. the facts of the case. Um and uh, shortly, but thankfully, shortly after a statewide manhunt, they found her 25-year-old kidnapper, uh, a kidnapper, uh, shortly after they aired, like, some episode of FBI Files or something like that. Wow. So they, 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 they caught him. Um, this movie had a brief theatrical run in the Midwest before its May 1992 video release, so it did technically go to the theaters, even though it was mainly a, you know, released video-type movie. 
this movie is often considered a, ch- a clone of Child's Play from 1988, both being part of the killer doll genre. And then Ed Gale played the part in, of both dolls in both movies. Uh, and this film's uh, super early days of working. It was uh, under the title Child's Play 4, and very rare promotion posters were actually titled titling the film Child's Play form as wow. well, but they changed the name Dolly Dearest before it hit theaters. That's insane. I do like that it, it picked Dolly Dearest instead. I think it suited it better, and you don't want to associate yourself with Child's Play. This wasn't, in my opinion, from what I remember, I don't remember this being a bad film. I think I watched it multiple times. It's it's not terrible. Like uh-uh. the the lady who plays the mom, I mean the same mom as in Pet Cemetery. She's actually a good actress. Yes, she does her part. Uh, Rip Torn is interesting as the Mexican character, even <laughs> if he does go in and out of the accent. The dad sucks, but I mean he's not in the movie that much. And the two kids are good. Actually, the little girl in this movie yes. is damn good. There is a scene where she's in her little playhouse out back, and Dolly Dearest is like possessing her at that point. And, like, she's really bitchy to her mom when she first shows up. And then Dolly whispers something to her, and then she changes instantly. And she's yeah. like, I'm sorry, Mommy. Please don't. And, like, she's the she the emotional manipulation that she's doing on her mother, at the same time, the look on her face being, like, almost pure evil. I'm like, this kid can fucking act. Like, yeah. she was, like, she knew what the she was supposed to be doing in that scene. Like, it's perfect. Um, and the actual doll is not bad. Like they, they get, there's very much Chucky vibes to the way that they yeah. move the face and like how it looks and everything else. So, I mean, it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, this is actually one of those movies that vinegar syndrome also did a deluxe treatment on, but it's one of the few movies they did. That's actually worth of, you know, a little bit yeah. for the deluxe treatment. Um, Nick Cage rating, I'd give this one. I'd give it Con Air. I mean, it's, <laughs> there's some bad accents going on uh, or a lack of an accent from one of the main actors, and it's technically not the greatest movie, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, Dolly Dearest for sure is fun to watch. Um, it's one of those movies that if you just want to get with your buddies and just have like a, I don't know, drink some beer, partake <laughs> in other adult, you know, things, you know, like smoke a little something, whatever, and watch it. It'd be one of those movies that'd be a good time to watch, you know. I thought you were talking situation. about other adult things for a minute. I was like, Reverend, I well, I don't I know don't, that. I don't, I don't think you'd be banging to this movie, yeah. but hey, I mean, people are weird. That's all I'm going to throw that out there. That is true. There, so. That is true. Um, But yeah, I, I recommend it. It's actually pretty fun. Yeah, it's uh, good. And the, they made the doll look real evil. Like, you think there's some scenes where Chucky looks evil? Definitely check out Dolly Dearest. Oh, yeah, whenever that doll starts really leaning into the, mm-hmm. the, you know, I'm an evil spirit, like the way the face, like, you know, starts looking, it's it's pretty evil looking. Um, but moving on to our main discussion, uh, Child's Play from 1988. Tagline, he wants you for a new best friend. He's your friend to the end. <laughs> My name's Chucky. Um, directed by Tom Holland. Written by Don Mancini, who did the story. Uh, spoiler alert, Dan, Don Mancini is one of the few writers for a series that has always did the writing for his movies. Like, oh, wow. I mean, that involve his character. Like, they're always going to have Don. He's he's kept creative control. I love that for wow. him. Um, uh, Don Mancini, John Lafayette, and Tom Holland did the screenplay. Uh, music by Joe Renzetti. Uh, made for a budget of nine million, fuck. it made forty four point two million. Holy fuck! 
<laughs> I mean, um, this movie's iconic. In terms of dolls, this movie. Yeah, this, I mean, if if there's any character, that's what I said, if there's any character that anybody knows of as evil doll, I mean, yeah, they'll list Annabelle, they'll throw out some others, but Chucky always gets mentioned. I mean, you have to. I mean, it, he's iconic. Yeah. Um, principal players, we have Alex Vincent playing Andy Barclay, the final boy. Speaking of good child actors, goddamn, Alex Vincent is, is I mean, he's... The scene where he's crying in this movie because he's locked up in like this like mental institution and Chucky is trying to break in. I mean, you felt that for that kid. Like he really, I mean, he really was acting in this movie like big time. And I mean, he, and he's got those vibes about him too. Like he feels like a little kid. I mean, like sometimes you'll watch like some of these movies and they're supposed to be playing and it is a kid, but they're playing a part and they're acting to adult. I mean, no, he, he, everything about him is like a little child. You would think that a a little kid, like he's naive, like a little kid would be like, I mean, he's a little too innocent till, you know, he realizes that, you know, he he has his innocence removed or whatever through the events of the movie. It's, I mean, it's good. Um, um, he was in house guest massacre, uh, dead country, uh, child's play two, obviously he was also in curse of Chucky cult of Chucky and he's in the Chucky TV series. Jesus Christ. Don Mancini has, I mean, I, I might have this in the, in the, uh, trivia. Um, he says that he prefers working with the same actors and actresses because once you get a rhythm built up with them and you know what they can do, especially if they're really good, and he really respects Alex Vincent for his acting. Yeah. He says that then you, it's almost like shorthand. Like you can tell them things and you'll know instantly that they'll, they'll take care of them for you. So yeah. that's why, that's why you keep seeing the repeat and the, the characters in his movies. Um, we have Ed Gale again, uncredited, plays Chucky. He was the stunt actor, the little person, you know, during some of the, uh, a lot of the moving scenes. Uh, we have Brad Dorif playing uh, Charles Lee Ray and does the voice for Chucky in all the movies. I can't believe um, Mark Hamill does it for the series. Do they have Mark Hamill doing it for the series? I think so. That's what it's showing up on, what do you call it? Um it's showing up on, on Google right now. But anyways, please I don't, continue. I wouldn't believe Google. Google shows like stuff that's, they're probably linking Mark Hamill from where he did the remake. Oh, remake. Uh, it was the remake. Yes. Ugh, God, that Chucky doll is not, it's not it, even scary. That, that movie's not that good either. I mean, and we're not going to be covering that movie, but we will mention it when we're in the second half of this Chucky coverage. Yeah. Uh, Brad Dorf's been in a lot of good stuff. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, uh, uh, Deadwood, the TV series, Malignant, Halloween 1 and 2 from the Rob Zombie ones, 2007-2009, Critters 4, Body Parts, Graveyard Shift, The Exorcist 3. God, he's amazing in The Exorcist 3. If you want to see a good, like, I'm, I'm recommending this to you right now. If you've never seen it, Irena, watch The Exorcist 3. Okay. It has, it has one of the best jump scares I've ever seen in a movie. I'm just going to throw it out there. Ugh, I'm not ready. <clears throat> um, and, of course, he's been in every Child's Play Chucky property except for the remake. Because, mm. I mean, he is the voice for Chucky. Yeah. Like, I mean... Uh, Catherine Hicks is playing Karen Barclay, uh, the uh, Andy's mother, and she's a widower in the film. 
she was in Seventh Heaven. She did. She, she was the mom in that TV series. Yes. <clears throat> uh, she was in Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Uh, she was in Peggy Sue Got Married, and uh, she was in another horror film uh, that actually I believe this one had Ralphie. Uh, from a Christmas story, uh, Peter Billingsley, uh, called Death Valley from 1982. Um, that's kind of a slasher. It's also kind of a human horror type movie, if I, if from what I understand. Um, we have Chris Sarandon in this movie, Jack Skellington, uh, Mike Norris. Yes, I was getting ready to say, if you don't know who he is, uh, you ain't going to Hot Topic anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, they won't let you in. <clears throat> Uh, of course, he does the voice for Jack Skellington. Uh, he is also uh, Prince Humperdinck in The Princess Bride. Uh, he played uh, uh, Jerry Dandridge, the, the vampire in Fright Night from 1985. He was actually in, uh, did a, a cameo in the also good Fright Night 2011 remake. And uh, he was has done a ton of voiceover work, Kingdom Hearts being one of them. Oh, my so, God, I mean, yeah. It, I bet you my son would hear him talking and be like, that sounds like Jack. <laughs> well, I mean, he's a little exaggerated when he does Jack, but still. <clears throat> we have Donna Manoff playing uh, Maggie Peterson, who's Karen's friend. Yeah. Uh, she was she was in uh, Greece, Ordinary People, and State of Grace. And the funny thing about Donna Manoff, whenever I watch this movie, she reminds me a lot. I, I don't, I think it's Annie Potts that she reminds me of. Yeah. But she reminds me of somebody that I saw in a ton of movies back in the eighties, like or TV shows. Like I, I just I don't know who it is. But <clears throat> when I saw her, I was like, wait a minute, haven't I seen her in a ton of stuff? And when I was looking through her IMDb, I'm like, no, not really. I don't know why she's so familiar. But anyways, yeah. Um, we have Neil Juintoli uh, uh, playing <laughs> Eddie Caputo. Uh, he is, of course. Uh, the uh, guy who left uh, poor Charles Lee Ray to die at the beginning of the movie. So, of course, he gets his. Uh, he was in Waterworld, The Shawshank Redemption, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, Part 2. Um, we have Ray Oliver playing Dr. Death. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, A.K.A. John Bishop, uh, who's a voodoo priest and my personal icon. Um uh, Forbidden World and Private Benjamin were two of the movies he was in otherwise. And then we have Jack Colvin rounding out the, uh, the people who have prominent roles in the movie, at least, playing Dr. Ardmore, who's the psychiatrist, doubting Thomas in the movie. <clears throat> and he was in Jeremiah Johnson and the TV shows, uh, and a bunch of TV shows, including The Incredible Hulk. Reverend, if you had to analyze a kid that was so convinced a doll was killing his family, how would you feel? Um... I wouldn't be a dick like this guy was. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I, there was multiple Dr. Dicks in the series. <clears throat> yeah, there. well, there was a ton of them, yeah. And and not only that, but um, everybody around Andy, basically. Yes. Like, nobody believes him. I mean, to be fair, it is a crazy thing what he tries to claim. But, I mean, at the same time, the sincerity of what he's claiming, if nothing else, people should be more sympathetic instead of just saying you're a dumbass, shut up, you know, uh, particularly in part two, we'll get to that whenever yes. we talk about the, the, uh, foster father in that Woo! movie, but <laughs> that guy was a dick. <laughs> yeah. 
synopsis for the first film when the lakeshore strangler charles lee ray is mortally wounded in a shootout with the police and left for dead by his accomplice he resorts to voodoo to save his sorry soul from hell and a spell taught to him by his mentor dr death no relation to me mm-hmm. unfortunately uh charles transfers his soul to the body of a good guy doll Meanwhile, it is Andy Barclay's birthday, and all he wants from his overworked widower mother is a good guy doll. Fader bad luck intervenes, and Andy, as well as the audience, is introduced to Chucky, your friend till the end. Hi, Bodies, dro- <laughs> <laughs> Bodies drop out of apartment buildings, old partners are blown the fuck up, and no one believes you when you're a kid. Something's moved in with the Barclay family, and so has terror. I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good song choice for this, oh honestly. Oh, God. Body Counts, a respectable six Ooh, for this first film. Get it, Chucky. Uh, Charles Lee Ray himself is nah. shot twice, bled out, and does the soul switcheroo. Uh, Maggie Peterson has a hammer to the face, and then it falls many stories onto a truck. That's my favorite death. <clears throat> the- uh, we'll get to it, but I'm pretty sure it's one of my. It's mine too. Yeah. If not for one, we'll get to it in just a second. Uh, Eddie Caputo is incinerated in a house explosion. Yeah. Uh, John Bishop is uh, dies via voodoo, leg and arm broken, and then stabbed in the heart. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Doctor Ardmore is slashed in the back of the leg and electrocuted. Not bad either. Yeah. But here's my favorite, Chucky. Good God, that doll takes a lot of to before it dies. Yeah. I mean, he's like a zombie. Uh, yeah, like he, I'll tell you what it reminded me of. And I told this to Cody whenever I was talking to him about all this. It reminded me of the Terminator. Like when he's coming down the hallway, oh, yeah. and she just keeps shooting and like he just keeps walking yes. you know, and whatever's left. I'm like, this is the, they, they took this from the Terminator. Okay, wait a second. Am I recalling correctly that the longer he stays in the body, obviously he's eventually going to be, be stuck in there forever, but he becomes more human in the body? Yes. Okay. Little known fact that a lot of people don't realize until you you notice it. Uh, they actually visually represent it in the movie. He starts out as a good guy doll with the you know standard looks and all that, and the longer he stays yeah. in the body, they change the doll <clears throat> to the point toward that at the end of it, he's got the widow peak to where he yes. more looks like what he did when he was alive. Okay, that makes sense. Also, this is in the trivia, and I love this fact. Uh, you know why they gave him the widow peak? Why? They went in to look like Jack Nicholson from The Shining. <gasps> Amazing job. Oh, my and God. It, and it looks, it looks like it. It really so does. so good. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> All right, quotes from this movie. Um, this is my favorite line in this fucking movie, and I wait for it every time, and, I, and I'm giddy every time I see it. Uh, Karen is, it's the point in the movie where she's finally on board with Andy. She's, she's checking things out. So she's like, I said, talk to me, damn it. Chucky gives no answer. All right. I'll make you talk. This is after she's discovered the batteries, by the way, that that have not been on it in him. So Karen grabs Chucky, lights up the fireplace and holds Chucky near the fire. Karen Barclay. I said, talk to me, damn it. Or else I'm going to throw you in the fire. And then Chucky comes alive and starts saying, this is my favorite part. You stupid bitch. You filthy slut. I'll teach you to fuck with me. Dude. I fucking love that. There is no point in this movie where before this, that he, He's the traditional Chucky yeah. that we know him later on. This line, I, it kills me. I, the way he's moving, yes. the way that he like says it, I love it. I love everything about it. Uh, uh, it's both it's both horrific and comedic at the same time. 
it <clears> is. <throat> and but that's the move. That's that's Chucky. That's that's how he yes. is. Uh, of course, Chucky. Hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? No, oh, thank um, you. Uh, hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend till the end. Howdy ho. <laughs> Uh, Lucy, ugly doll, and then Chucky as the elevator rises up. Fuck, Fuck you. you. Oh. I love that. Okay. I love it so much. I was a sweet, innocent <laughs> child. So I was six years old in the theater watching this, and my Catholic-raised ass was appalled. Dad. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? Yeah, he's also going to fuck some people up in a minute. Chill out, Raina. <laughs> uh, uh, Chucky, Karen opens Chucky's battery slot and finds out there's no batteries in the doll. Hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? And then she screams is, and tosses it. That's actually a creepy line, though. The way that they do it in the movie. The, this first movie plays the horror up more than the other yeah. ones do. And it, and that's actually an effective scene. I got to give is. Him the credit. Oh, for that it. was so good. But I yeah, <laughs> I, I would have had the same reaction she did. Uh, Chucky, hello, John, over here. Hi, it's me, Chucky. What do you think? The Grigory work? You know, when I came here learning that stuff about how to cheat death, I thought maybe you were pulling my chain, but not now. Uh, uh-uh, uh, not now. Only one problem. And then Doctor Death responds, "What?" And Chucky's like this. I don't think anybody, I didn't think anybody could hurt me, but last night I got shot and you know something, it hurt. It hurt like a son of a bitch. It even bled. Why is that, John? And then Dr. Death reveals the big moment, you're turning human. You know, and that's yeah. whenever we realize that Chucky is, you know, actually, you know, he's, there's a, a flaw to him that, you know, can be exploited. Yes. Um, and he <laughs> responds back in shock. What? And then Dr. Death is like, the more time you spend in the body, the more human you become. And then Chucky's like, you mean I have to live out the rest of my life in this body? No fucking way. <laughs> uh, Chucky as Andy places Chucky in the fireplace and gets ready to light it up. No, Andy, no. And then there's a pause. And then Chucky, we're friends till the end. Remember, he goes back to the, you know, the childlike voice. Yeah. And, it, and this is my favorite line from Andy. This is the end, friend. And then he sets fire to Chucky. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's 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 good, like, comeback. <laughs> Uh, other taglines for this movie, no one believes the truth or lives to tell it. Mm. Uh, he wants you for a new best friend. Mm-hmm. Chucky did it. Uh, okay, I like that. Not going to lie. When pe- this one's pretty on the nose. When people have nightmares, they dream of Freddy. When Freddy has nightmares, he dreams of Chucky. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, You'll wish it was only make-believe. Yeah. Okay. Andy Barclay has a new playmate who's in no mood to play. Mm, we didn't need the last name. Uh, this doll is killer. <laughs> Chucky is one mean SOB. Oh, my God. You know what somebody needs to do? They need to make a meme where they have, like, Andy's name written on the bottom of Chucky's shoe. Like yeah. Toy Story. <laughs> Just like, yeah, Toy Story. Yeah. Um, All right, visually, this movie is fucking great. Yeah, It really is. The dark scenes, like the way, Tom Holland, like, I mean, this is a legit movie. Like, when you're watching it, like, they put, he put a lot of effort in this fucking, like, this could have been, like, you know, you hear the story, like, you you hear the plot point. It's like, this is a, you know, possessed doll. It's like, okay, or, you know, that's fine. Uh, But you think Dolly Dearest is what you get out of it. Yeah. Like, that general 
no, they, this is a fucking legit movie. Like the way that they film the scenes, that one scene in particular, like I said, where the batteries drop out and then Chucky says, want to play. And it's like, Oh shit. You yeah. Know, like, and, um, the way that the doll looks like, I mean, you know, that puppeteering that they did in this movie, I mean, Kevin Yeager did an amazing job with the Chucky puppet. Yeah. I mean, um, and even the scenes that are a little janky where they have Ed Gale running around and you can tell it's a little person in the background, they've cut away from them just enough to where they're not cheesy. They're, they're fun to watch. I have a confession to make. I always thought this was great puppeteering. I, I honestly didn't know <laughs> it was a tiny person playing Chucky. So I am very naive, um, blissfully oblivious, you know? <laughs> But what, what do you think about the visuals? I mean, I, they, I, I love them. I, I think it's a good movie. I thought that, that way. the way that they shot the film was just amazing in terms of, yes, like you just said, showing just enough of Chucky that you're horrified. Uh, it doesn't look – it look, it felt so real. This movie felt so real, and I think that's what made Chucky so iconic is that it made you feel like this could really happen. Like, it, it is so bad that my – evil spawn of children they want a good guy doll they think it would be hilarious to have one in the house and i fucking refuse i absolutely refuse i'm good it's funny you, it's funny you say that because the reason that they uh everybody who's uh, who's in don mancini's like you know uh inner circle uh that's been with him for all these movies say that they never want they they don't like the idea of a cgi chucky because it takes away from the realness of the character yeah that's why they like the puppet because you know, the way the light hits him, the way, you know, it looks like a real doll. Yeah. Know? No, I and agree that, with you. They did they did an amazing job. Yeah. Um, I actually like the story of the movie. I, I like yes. it. As far as an origin for a slasher to mm -hmm. take an existing serial killer, you know, the, yeah. the Lakeshore Strangler, have him transfer his soul last second into a doll, it, it gives you... It gives you fright, or I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street vibes, like, you know, how, you know, Freddy came back, but in a different way. And I love the, uh, it, it, you also have a character who's chatty, you know, like, yes. you know, uh, Robert England was and and as Freddy. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, Chucky, I mean, he has some of the best lines of any slasher, like, period. <laughs> he does. I, I just, <laughs> I know we're not going to discuss this particular, uh, the show, but... But fucking Bride of Chucky. <laughs> oh, oh, when we get to Bride of Chucky, I'm going to definitely have because I love some of the lines. Yes, in that, movie. They, that one was great. yeah. Um, and well, and watching Jennifer Tilly. Oh God. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, but yeah, story wise, I mean, you, you, I mean, it's just it's a classic story, but they they do it right, like the yeah. the mom's a widower, so you got kind of got some sympathy for her there. Yeah. She's just trying her best to like you know you know give her son like the best you know uh, you know like that she can, uh, and then like you know she just she bought a bootleg to, Chucky. This is what happens when you get your Chucky's off of Wish. Yeah, well, that's true. But at the same time, I mean, it was, you know, the the, the best way that she could make his birthday special. You yeah. Know? Um, the kid, you know, a great child actor. Yes. You have, um, I mean, nobody believing him because nobody believes kids, especially whenever they, you know, are saying shit like this. It's like, uh, and then, uh, you know, and the mom, 
at first thinks it's just the fact that all the stuff that he's been through with the death of her like best friend and uh you know i guess the death of the dad or whatever that he's like the reason he keeps saying all this like horror because they actually get out expensive to say some shit it's like chucky said that she needed to die because she was a a, a bitch or something like yeah. that's the line in the movie and it's like you know the mom hears that and she's like I don't know what's happening to my son. Like they're, you know, like he, he's going down a, a dark path. And so you have empathy toward her as like the mother, but at the same time you're with us, you're, you seen from out, you know, like uh, Andy's like side of it. And you're just like, fuck, I mean, this kid has no hope because nobody believes him, you know, nobody. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember um, telling my parents this one time, I had seen something come from the kitchen into the uh, living room. It had scared the, I had gone into the, the kitchen to get something late at night at Grandma Beans' house and saw something in there. And um, I remember being so terrified and running back to my blanket, hiding under my blanket. I guess I was also having, I don't remember this particular monster, but I also remember having, I guess allegedly at some point, I was having horrible um, night terrors about a troll-type monster. And what my dad said to this day, I will never forget, he said, my daughter was at that age where she's not lying. So he was scared. And I was like, would you, you would never in a movie get that from a parent. Well, I wouldn't have got that in real life either. Cause my dad was just one of those types. Like he didn't believe in that stuff. Yeah. So like if you told him that he'd be like, well, as far as like, I know, I, my dad didn't believe in that either, but he believed me. So they were like, we got to find a way to help her. Yeah. I mean, I, my dad would have probably looked at that and I mean, and, and, and believe me, I loved him to death, but like, it's, it's one of those things where he would have looked at it and he said, I believe you think you saw yeah. that, but, you know, it, it's not real, so you're Go fine, back to bed, you know? son, and keep yeah. the door closed. We don't want the monster coming to get us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it, but there's that's what makes the movie, like, resonate is because there really is something there. I mean, with the kids, like, nobody believes them, like, you know. Yeah. And then it's they so work sad. The, I, I like the angle they worked in with uh, Chris Sarandon, too, because, like, having him, like, still tracking yeah like, you know these murders that are you know like because he was the one that shot down charles lee ray yeah like i mean it it makes it it he 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 is a very good part in this movie like i at first you're like i don't want this dick he's just been a dick to andy like you know but the, as he comes around in the movie it's like he actually plays a, a pretty significant hero part in the yes, film that I like. for sure know? he's a pretty handsome old devil too <laughs> well that's i mean the reason he's the suave you know vampire in fright night yeah you know, that's because that's how he was um I, I there's really not a part of the story that i don't think works like i even like the ending of it the terminator scene where they're just like <laughs> having to stand off with chucky as he's coming after him i mean the whole thing it just it's uh, tom holland did a great job in this film that's oh all yeah I say when it comes to that no definitely um, is there is there any acting in the movie that you felt like was subpar? I can't really remember any, to be honest with you. I mean, there were side characters that died super fast, but they, they served a purpose. They died. Uh, so, because I, like, I don't really think the friend was a significant part of the film. I think she was kind of annoying. And so, it's probably why she was my favorite death, flying out of the fucking apartment. <laughs> uh, the... You could maybe make the argument that the uh, psychiatrist that was you oh, know, yeah. locked Andy up is a little over the top. Yeah. But, like, you know, it. 
I don't know. It, it, it's not when you got a movie about a killer doll, like, I mean, when you have a little bit of over the top, it, it, it still is within the realm of possibility. Yeah. I mean, so you're already suspending your disbelief. I mean, no, especially for the time when you could have cheap acting and it, and, and it wouldn't have made a huge difference. I think they did a really good job with each character and each character serving a pretty decent person. Uh, excuse, excuse me. I'm speaking way too fast. Serving a decent purpose in the film. Yeah, even well, even the 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 probably the one character that I'd say probably the weakest is the the actor who did the uh, who was like the the uh, the the partner to Chris Sarandon's detective. Oh the one yeah, that was following him around. He is forgettable. But even yeah, he's forgettable. But even at the end of it, like he's not terrible. Like he's not so bad or wooden like the dad is in you know Dolly Dearest, for instance. That yeah, it stands out. It's just like no, he just he was. He was just enough to where he blended in. That's, yeah. I mean, you know, so it's fine. I mean, you know, nothing bad there. And in the music, I mean, the this series has some good. Like, yeah. yeah. I feel like I feel like part two has better music because uh, it's got that childlike quality That's to it. That's true. But yeah. One, but this one's not bad. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this. high tension out of the music in this one. Yeah, it, a good orc, uh, orchestra type yes. you know, uh, score to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, trivia, because we can discuss more about the movie when we get down to the awards. Uh, David Kirshner, the producer, read The Dollhouse Murders while in England and wanted to produce uh, an evil doll film uh, upon his return to the U.S. It just so happens that his wife had, you know, let him know this because she noticed it. Uh, that six weeks earlier, Don Mancini had been trying to sell a script for an evil doll movie called Bloody Bloody Blood Bloody Buddy. Buddy. <laughs> Blood Buddy. Oh, there was a good snort. <laughs> um, it was the script though that would become the the Child's Play movie. Nice. Um, That's weird how shit uh, like that works out. Um, the original working title for the film was Batteries Not Included. Before it became known, Steven Spielberg was also making a film with that title. And then it changed oh, Blood okay. Buddy, and then they settled on Child's Play. I was about to say, wasn't there a film called Batteries Not Included? Okay, you 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 touched that. But Batteries Not Included would make sense for this movie, given the big yes. twist. That would know, be a good point. horror. Man, I kind of wish now that Child's Play had been Batteries Not Included. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really hurt if they would have lost the Child's Play name because they only kept it for the first three movies, and then it was Chucky because they realized that Chucky sold the movie yeah. and not the title Child. So they just named all the rest of them something Chucky. Or, yeah, you know, Bride of Chucky or Son of Chucky. Son of a... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Chucky's full name, Charles Lee Ray, is derived from the names of notorious killers Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, oh, and James Earl Ray. Oh, fuck. That's awesome. Uh, Don Mancini gave Chucky red hair because in old fairy tales, gingers were evil, and he literally says this. Yeah, okay. He says that he doesn't feel like gingers in real life are evil, uh -huh. just that, and, uh, but in all the old fairy tales, they were. You soul-sucking uh, motherfucker. Uh, and just like I said, they originally conceived him to have more of a bowl cut, uh, but the receding hairline was given to make him look like Jack Nicholson, which I, is cool. Yeah, I think that was a good, I think that was a good plan. Uh, and they play into that in Seed of Chucky because there's a scene where he, uh, there's a busted, you know, part of a door. He looks through it just like Jack Nicholson, and he's like, I think I should say something right now, you know, <laughs> like to, you know, kind of hint that, 
he you know should use that line from the movie, but he doesn't. Um, Don Mancini took an acting class at Columbia University that was taught by Brad Dorif, uh, and it just so happens that Tom Holland had cast him, uh, had cast Brad right before Don Mancini, uh, you know, uh, you know, realized that he had and got to, you know, uh, reintroduce him. But like Don Mancini and Brad Dorif had like been, you know, like had had met this way like years earlier. That's fucking wild. What a reunion. (laughs) <laughs> like hey bro you used to teach me yeah you used to teach me now you're playing the evil doll that i wrote about while i was in college that's um, awesome dwarf says that that chucky is way more famous than him yes and that's not inaccurate Mm-mm. uh he but he has fun playing the character uh he he made this statement and it's it's pretty profound and it's kind of dark at the same time he says that it's not hard for him to tap into playing Chucky because he says he just taps. He thinks about the potential for evil that every human being has inside of them. And he just expresses it when he's playing Chucky. Damn. That's that's pretty, that's pretty deep and dark at the same time. I mean, not false, but damn. (laughs) Um, he uh, actually scared his daughter when he was doing the voice work for the fireplace scene. Um, she happened to be on set uh, at the time that he started screaming, and she ran away from the voice booth and out into the parking lot before they caught her. Wow! Like, she thought she thought her daddy was dying. Like, oh, that's okay. how that, that's how strong his you know yeah uh, his acting was in that scene for her at least. Awesome! Fucking core <laughs> memory. <laughs> Uh, Catherine Hicks, uh, who played Karen and Kevin Yeager, Chucky's creator, met on the set and were married a year later. Bound chicka, wow, wow, damn. Which I wonder is, if Chucky was, like, at the wedding. <laughs> that would have been funny if he had been. Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting, though, because this is the first time that a actress in a scary movie or horror film uh, married a special effects guy. Uh, the, that's Heather Langenkamp. Was, yes. Remember, she was married to. Uh, that has to be so guy. fun, unless you do, you're like not into horror, because you hear about all these actors and actresses that are, they're in horror films, but they're not into horror. But like for me, if I had that kind of, well, obviously my husband is buying me props now, from people who are doing things like that, which is awesome. Uh, that's the thing is like if I lived with an, a horror FX creator, that'd be so fucking fun. <laughs> you wouldn't have to go out and spend that all that money to have a a twelve foot skelly or he whatever. Could you make could make me one, yeah, yeah, and probably make one that was better. To be honest, okay, I mean, you know what? Don't talk about our skelly. Don't disrespect our skelly like that. It was supposed hey, to be I a. Mean, I'm he's the one that was out there pissing on people. That's all I'm. That's gonna say. our I Kelly. Mean, our skelly is a way better being than our Kelly ever will be. So okay, he ain't gonna be pissing uh, on no children. I don't think they'll hold up in court, but you can uh, <laughs> say your point. Uh, Don Mancini had a lot of respect for Alex Vincent as a child actor. Uh, Alex was actually critiquing the dialogue choices in the script as he was going along. Wow. Uh, and he and he had everybody's parts memorized. Like, wow. That's how this kid was. There was another child actor like that. Oh, yeah. Um, What's his name? Uh, Corey? Haley Joe Osment did that. Oh, Haley Joe. Okay, my bad. I thought it was yeah. Corey. What's his name? Um. Feldman. Feldman. It wasn't Corey. Well, wait. Corey was pretty decent like that, but I don't. I think you're right. It was Haley Joe. Yeah, Cor- Corey. Corey was decent like that, but Haley Joe Osment had the same thing that Alex. But so I think uh, some of these child actors. I think it's just the they all have that similar thing about them. Like yeah. They, the really good ones are like 
brilliant about like picking stuff like this up. Mm, if they're not careful, some directors might think that they're mature for their age, so they got to watch it. Mm, yeah, sadly in Hollywood, yeah. that's a big problem. In uh, the scene where Chucky runs behind Maggie in the hallway, Chucky was actually played by Alex Vincent's younger sister. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again? In the scene where Chucky runs behind Maggie in the hallway, Chucky was actually played by Alex Vincent's younger sister. That's, wow. So the doll chasing him in the hallway was his sister? Chasing Maggie whenever, like, she, you know, like, running behind her. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before she gets pushed out or whatever. Okay, so, okay. That's um, crazy. Yeah, the film uses various ways to portray Chucky, uh, including RC animatronics and little people or child actors. Uh, various animatronics and cosmetics were used for every scene throughout the movie. Chucky's cosmetics transition from looking toy-like to more human-like, like I said. Yeah. Um, the film created multiple Chucky animatronics, such as a flailing tantrum <laughs> Chucky, a walking Chucky, and a stationary Chucky. Uh, flailing tantrum Chucky is my favorite. That one's my favorite, too. Uh, that's... Just kicking and, you know, yeah. like wobbling around. Uh, the animatronic's face was controlled by remote control through a rig that goes on uh, on one's face and captures facial movements. Oh, that's so fucking that's pretty cool. sick. In the 80s? Damn. Um, and I don't think I have this in there, but uh, Brad Dorff actually wasn't on set, so they had to, like, they would ADR in his lines later, but, like, basically they would say whatever line he was going to say to kind of get the, you know, the puppet to, you know, mimic what he was saying but yeah. like he was he was uh, up until uh curse he was always uh, out at a sound but he was never on on set to actually see chucky in action uh and the only reason that he comes back for curse when we get to that is because his daughter is in that and he wanted to spend time with her Aww, while she was filming that's so cute <laughs> they actually have a really good relationship with each other like they were filming together on that uh uh, living with Chucky uh, documentary, and it's actually pretty wholesome, even though it's Chucky, or at least yeah. the voice of Chucky. Like seeing the two of them, like he's—you could tell he's so proud of his daughter. Like, yeah, and like it's—it's—it's it's, it's pretty heartwarming. That's I gotta, adorable. I, gotta admit. I love it. Uh, in a timely bit of coincidence, at least for today's time, uh, Don Mancini wasn't on set for much of the filming of this because he was participating oh. in a writer's strike. Wow! Wow! Uh, Kirshner invited him to the set when the strike ended so he could see the film in progress. Aww. Uh, and he said that was pretty nice. He appreciated Kirshner because, uh, they didn't have to do that, but they, you know, they wouldn't make sure he was involved in it. Um, uh, Death Holler Awards. Uh, what do we think of our final girl slat? Nope. That's boy in this movie, Andy <laughs> Barclay. Uh, he is a survivor and nobody fucking believed him. So the fact that he was able to survive uh, fucking get it, kid. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, if we're gonna go with the, I mean, we've always critiqued these based upon like the standard tropes of a final girl. Like Andy definitely stands his own. I mean, he did set fire to Chucky. I mean, even if that was his mom yeah. had to end up ultimately killing Chucky. Yeah. Uh, at the or well, actually, it was she shot him once. Uh, the detective shot him another time, and then that uh, I think the final kill was maybe that uh if I'm remembering right, was maybe that his, that's, uh, you know, Chris Sarandon's like partner or whatever might've been the one that got the final kill in on him or Sarandon shot. I can't I remember Sarandon, that final yeah. scene. It might've been Sarandon, but I mean, you can't really take that away from Andy cause he's a fucking kid. Like, yeah. I mean, like he, he at least set Chucky on fire. He did get his, he did attack the, the, the killer. 
He's not just a kid, um, too. He's a little kid. And even in the second film, he's still a little kid. Yeah, I mean, he's really young in this, though. I yeah. mean, like, it's, uh, it's, I mean, there's a little bit, I mean, there's more, he's more capable in the second movie, but, like, I yeah. mean, he's really little. In well, this. in the second film, he's seen some shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got, he's got a bad life going on in the second one. Yeah. Um, uh, what do we think of our slasher, Chucky? Oh, my God. God, in terms of slashers, he is the ultimate because he's a toy slasher. I I love Chucky. I love like, Chucky he takes yeah. he takes the uh, nonstop try to kill you attitude of Jason, uh, but he has the won't shut up. Has some of the best slides you'll ever hear from Freddy. Like he's the best of both. Yeah, like, in a way. Um. And he's also the most human of all the slashers because, like, as we get along in the series, I mean, uh, introduced in Bride, he has very, uh, well, I mean, it's even induced or even introduced in Child's Play 3. Uh, he has very human uh, needs. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Um. So Chucky's way more relatable than some of the other slashers when it comes to that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What a best kill. Uh, You have obviously said whatever the friend falls out of the window. Yeah. I can't that that's a good scene. She got her world fucked up. Yeah. She got hit in the head with a hammer falls back and it just like, and the way that she slams down on that car is so brutal. Like it's (laughs) like they, they, they don't like, they don't mince anything with that scene. Like mm-hmm. it's she, she just slams into it. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like I'm probably going to pick the, how Chucky dies in a lot of these movies. Cause they fucking go out of their way to make his death. The best thing ever. in these movies like this one, especially like it gets set on fire. He gets every uh, appendage blown off by <laughs> a gun. Yeah. He gets shot through the heart. And you're shot through the heart. <laughs> You do give love a bad name, um, uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, he like I mean he's like a Terminator in this movie. I love it. I love yeah. how he dies. And then the Doctor Death scene. We we will probably I mean outside of like some really cheesy slashers, we will probably never see another voodoo death like we did in this one. So I gotta give props to that. Yeah, like, I mean it's pretty cool seeing Chucky just stab the voodoo doll in it or make it like snap legs and arms yeah. and all that stuff. <clears throat> Um, and that's one thing I like about Chucky's kills. Yes, he kills with a knife, but he kills in other ways in these movies, and they're inventive. They're yeah. not like the standard. Like Scream, it gets a little old. It's like, yeah, they got stabbed. That person got stabbed. That person got the throat slashed. Uh, but with Chucky, you get a little bit extra. You get a little bit of some other stuff going on. Well, the problem is, not the problem, the, the, the thing that works the most in this film is that he is an actual serial killer. And he's having fun doing it. And I think it's the fact that he's having fun with it that makes it so good, unfortunately, for us sickos that are watching this and enjoying watching him. I'm glad you brought that up because I mentioned this to Cody. My favorite thing about Brad Dorff's delivery of the lines is Chucky is the fact that he does it in a menacing way, but with enough humor and playfulness to it that it fits perfectly. It's like, I mean, yes, he's not like, I mean, there's nothing like cuddly or nice about the way they deliver stuff, but like there's joy in the way that he says it in a way that just like there it's fun. Like, yeah, I, I don't, it, that's the way to describe it for me. Um, 
and then you're right whenever he goes to kill people he just delights in it so he does whatever is like the the best way if it's just put a bag over their head hey that's how he killed a lot of people when he was alive so i mean it goes to the old standard you know i yeah. mean strangle them to death um i gotta throw this in here because these movies don't really have boobs well when we get to it to bride i mean they're not really shown boo but i mean there's a lot of uh boobage going on when jennifer tilly comes around oh my god but uh child's play doesn't have that you know the first three films so i've added in here another uh, award for for these movies the creepiest line that's taken out of context and um this ah! one is bad I've got a date with a six-year-old kid when he's uh, talking to Dr. Death. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I mean, uh, it, it makes funny. sense in the context of the movie, but you take it out of that movie in the way that it's, uh, no. Uh-uh. You stop that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best side character, I, I, Dr. Death. I, I mean, obviously, I got to get to him. I mean, you know, Reverend Dr. Death, Dr. Death, <laughs> mad props. Gotta, of course you're going that. to. Yeah, I, I can't dispute that. <laughs> uh the franklin award i'm gonna give the jack santos mike norris's partner because at no point this mike norris redeems himself he becomes a guy that you actually like you want to see him become andy's like new stepdad it's uh, ah. you know, toward the end of the movie uh jack santos uh he's just uh, he not only does he blend in the scenes but he's also annoying as fuck whenever he is there so i mean it's uh a bad combination. He he definitely deserves the Franklin Award, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, is there anybody else you would give it to? Maybe the the doctor, the the psychiatric ward. Um. No, no, I'm I, I'm I'm giving it to Jack Santos as well. Okay. Uh, how annoying is the Doom Prophet? It's obviously Andy because he tells everybody that Chucky yeah. is the one that did it, and Chucky nobody did him. it. And we can't even, we can't even feel, I mean, we can't say he's annoying because the poor kid just tried his hardest to get somebody to believe him and no, nobody will. Yeah. Uh, dumbest moment, Mama Barclay for not trying to hit Chucky in the heart after she is the one that told uh, you know, Chris Sarandon's character that you had to shoot him in the heart. She knew it the entire time. Why the fuck was she shooting his arms off? Yeah. And his legs and everything. You know how hard it is to, to hit an arm on a like a doll his size? Like, center chest, she would have been a lot easier to shoot. Like, I mean, I, I want to know what gun range she's been going to because that woman can fucking shoot. Like, well, she's damn good. Glad you brought that up, Reverend. Because <laughs> I was told during my first safety training on shooting that women are naturally pretty decent shooters because they have a way of calming themselves down and lowering their heart rate or something like that. Some random bullshit like that. Uh, We found out real fast that I could shoot lemons deadly accurate from a pretty far range. And the person teaching me at the time was like, well, if you could shoot lemons, you can shoot people. Um, that's pretty common, actually. There's yeah. a lot of women that, that shoot better than guys when they first start out. Oh, yeah. The so. hubby was, a. Uh, although the hubby was proud of me, uh, he, it's, it's very disheartening to see that when you're like, I've been doing this for how long now? And she comes out here for the first <laughs> fucking time and she's fucking demolishing fucking lemons. You know what I think it is? I mean, it goes to what you're saying. I think guys get bigger adrenaline dumps than women Yeah, do. that's true. I, I'll be honest with you. It was my first lesson and I was terrified. Which is in more of a respect the gun kind of way, not not I don't want to hold a gun. 
is more of yeah. a, hey, this gun can fuck somebody up. I'm scared, but I'm going to take it serious. But the the thing that I would bring up about her is, I mean, she's that good of a shot that she's shooting off limbs. Mm-hmm. Why not shoot him in the heart? Because you have been told that was the Dr. Death's like last thing yeah. to you is to, to shoot him in the heart. So, yeah, like that. The- I mean, I'm going to give her dumbest moment because she could have taken out Chucky way earlier. Yeah. But. We get more of a satisfying movie because of it. What so happens if you shoot him in the brain, though? What's up with the heart first? Like, is that developed first and then the brain? Well, two things about it. In part two on, he's got a metal head, if you remember, because when they remade Chucky, oh, they put yeah. like, his whole head's made out of metal. It would apply to this movie, okay. so that's fine. But they, I think there's, like, it's it's implied that, like, the heart is, like, the connection to the soul somehow. Okay. So, like, that's the one way to get, to get rid of it. All right. I'll um, give you that. Uh, I really, I like this movie. I think yeah. for, uh, part one, it does a really good job. It's not, it it's not as good as maybe nightmare was right off the, you know, the yeah. bat from part one of it, but it's a damn good start to a series. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. It was, if they had not done another Chucky, which thankfully they did after this, although I think they went a little too far, but whatever. If they had not, I think that they did a really good job with this movie, introducing a scary... I think he still would have been iconic. Yeah, if they if they did nothing else, he would have stood out. Yeah. You're 100%. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to say about this one before we uh, uh, let it go for this episode and then pick back up for the parts two and three on the next one? Um, I don't think I have anything. I think I'm ready to move on. All righty. Well, that peace be with you. And with your spirit.